and Toby. <laughs> so today, um, first of all, I'm probably going to have a very bad hangover tomorrow. <laughs> 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 I've been drinking too, so we're in the same boat since noon. <laughs> like me. Hey, I thought Toby, your free day was yesterday. You said, well, it was, yeah. but you know how, like, when you have a, free, well, you know how, like, things spill over. You know, like yeah. bad stuff spills over. Like one day, you something happens, you're like, oh shit, and then the next day, things come in threes. You know, they, they always say things come in threes. Yeah. Well, my drinking has started coming in threes or fours. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me tell you a little bit about my day today. Uh, it's fine with the, the dogs. Uh, so our puppy, Norm, Lunsford, I think you know about this too, but my puppy, the other night, I'm, I'm so dead to the world. I'm just getting ready to lay down. I'm just so tired. I just want to go to sleep. And of course, Norm, our puppy's 10 weeks old, starts going, and, and Jess is like, Toby, you know, you know, it's that voice that your wife makes, yeah. Toby. And I'm like, oh, no. And I come out of half asleep and all this stuff, had to take him to the emergency vet because I think he ate a iPhone charger cable. It looked because I found it and it, it there's just three metal prongs hanging out of it where it's been chewed and torn apart at the end and all this stuff. It's like, oh shit, he's got metal in his throat. We got to save his life immediately. It's he's certainly di- a lightning dying. cable has pierced his esophagus by that right. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's bleeding in his throat. Yeah. It's, de- it's, it's life or death right yeah. now. Yeah, minutes I'm, left. I mean, it's so funny too because like uh, I'm <laughs> I'm by myself. Driving to the emergency vet going, it's going to be okay, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm, say- <laughs> I'm saying that to this dog that, you know, that just wants to go to sleep too. So we take him in there and we take him to the uh, vet, but the vet is at University of Illinois. It's like, uh, and it's so it's like they're doing their residency. The students do it, vet- veterinary students doing their residency. And so they're so, I'm sure they're super smart aware, but they're so bad at talking to you. Like they're just like, Okay, Mr. Murray, because I had to go out to my car and wait because of fucking COVID. And uh, so I'm sitting out in my car, uh, and they call me, and they say, uh, Mr. Morrell, um, the, your dog Norn. Uh, we want to talk. <laughs> I was like, Norn? I said, Norm. Oh, Norm. We, we're going to get that fixed. That's what, we're going to get that name fixed as Norm. I was like, who? Norn? And uh, so then they start just listing off all this stuff, and it's really bad. And like they don't, they don't. Uh, hey, don't worry, we're going to take care of you. We've seen this before. None of that. It's no all, bedside manner with these vets. No, they don't know anything. And so it's very clinical. And he's like, we think, you know, possibly it could be kennel cough, but we don't know if he swallowed something and something is, is trapped in his throat. And I'm like, oh God, it's like, you know. It, who knows? So anyway, so I'm sitting in the parking lot. I finally fall asleep in the parking lot, and then the phone rings, and I have to find my phone and all that stuff. He has kennel cough, and he gave it to also Dottie. So both our dogs sound exactly like pigs. It sounds <laughs> it's just exactly like a pig. It's just a <laughs> every time they just it just happens every so often. I've never even experienced kennel cough like that. None of our dogs have ever had it until now, and so it's just been like spiraling. My life's been spiraling. Yeah, you're out of control for me, right? So then. 
Uh, let me tell you about today. So that so was. You, sir, you drank because of that. You already drank that day. Yeah. Well, no, he I mean, gave well, himself a free day because the of the dog. He was texting. He's like, "Well, it's been a long night. I've already said tomorrow is just going to be a free day. Tomorrow's right. a free and day, I, right? Yeah. Because I didn't but that get was home. yesterday. Yeah, that was I didn't yesterday. Get, I didn't get back to my house until eleven thirty p.m. Well, you deserve a free day. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Anybody else that's like, <laughs> they're wide oh. open. <laughs> Me, eleven thirty p.m. is like, oh, I'm up late. Boy. Oh, I, that's funny. I thought you were expecting to be home at three, like three a.m. And so you're like, no. well, tomorrow. Well, that is my three. That's no. my three a.m. for sure. You got home. With Stephen Colbert was going off the air when you got home. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was just getting started when I got home. Uh. So then, now, uh, and and this is what I want to talk about. Uh, Mary Beth, maybe you can help me figure this out. So our oldest daughter, she's eleven, and we signed her up for basketball, and this. I'm not. I'm not kidding. This is probably the we got Jess and I got into the biggest fight we've been in. I have to talk soft because I bet she's listening right now. Just say it quiet, um, but just to make sure you, you say all the they, details about yeah, how she's shitty, but just do it quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God, fucking just shitty. Just make sure they're fine. She's listening. They always listen. You know, you do anything, they can hear their names. Your wife can hear. It's their like names that Key and Peele skit where they're like, uh, yeah. Bitch. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you called her that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you said, bitch. <laughs> so I I take Ruby, who is beginner basketball player, to the YMCA to for her basketball. She's joined it. She's on the basketball league, right? It's supposed to be fifth and sixth graders. We get there, and I promise you, every motherfucking kid is a foot taller, and they're <laughs> dribbling through their legs. I, one of them dunked. I hate that kind of kid. It's unbelievable. I mean, I was like, what in the fuck is happening here? And I'm losing my sh- I was like, oh, and Jess wasn't there yet. She had to get off work. So Jess just got off work, driving straight there so I could come back and do, uh, I had to bring the kids back to our house. So Jess is just dropping off, and I'm in the YMCA going, every, uh, as soon as she gets there, I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing to our daughter? I said, I, I'm, I love her. I'm yelling. I'm like, I, I, what are we doing? These kids are giants. We got uh, we got fucking giants here playing with our our daughter that doesn't know anything about basketball yet. I, I just showed her some skills on Tuesday. I mean, just a couple like dribbling and trying to do stuff. I was like, what in the hell is? I mean, the, there's only two other girls on her team, and I promise you, our all of our kids are tall for their age. These kids are giant. I promise you. <laughs> the, the two girls were literally like doing like uh, Alan Iverson between their legs. The ha- their handle was unbelievable. And I was just yelling. And Jess is like, you have to calm down. You cannot do it. And I was like, I'm not going to calm down. I said, what are you talking about? This is my daughter. This is my friend. I'm not doing this. And so I just, I was getting so, I'm like, and then, of course, I left my keys in the gym. After I'd walked our kids, I was taking the other two all the way out to the car. Then I had to come all the way back, grab the keys, and Jess is just looking at me, and we just mad at each other, and then we come back. But <laughs> I just, I couldn't believe it, and I was so, and so one of the big things for me is for our daughter, we just moved here, but is trying to make friends. And it's so hard, it seems so hard for girls to make friends. Especially like just, if they dribble so between their damn legs. I mean, they're unbelievable. God. I mean, it's just I, some things just really set a man off, and that's seeing little kids dribbling between their legs. I saw one go behind the back a while back. It, I almost lost it. I wanted to murder him. I was I, I mean, so but, upset. But, well, but we, 
But what is Ruby supposed to do? <laughs> she's just trying her hardest on stuff, and she's she's all in. But like, there's no, zero chance she's going to talk to any of these giants and make a friend. Who she's not gonna, she's not going to have a six foot tall. Why would you want to talk to a giant kid? anyway? That's what I'm saying. So Mary Beth, how do how do when you're a little girl, was it easy to make friends? Is it hard? Well, it seems like the hardest thing in the world for me. I mean, I think I was a little. I was at a little bit of an advantage because I I was at the same school the whole time. Like, I have been in Knoxville my whole life. So, <clears throat> I kind of went through school with the same group of people, pretty much. Whether they liked me or not, I mean, I definitely felt like them. an outsider. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. We at least knew each other's names. And, and, and it wasn't about whether or not uh, they were giants and I wasn't. <laughs> that's, that's what, so, th- that's... You could be an outsider, but what you're saying t- t- today is hard to even be an outsider from something. You're just not like, you know what I mean? You can be an outsider to a certain static culture, like a school or a mm-hmm. thing. But today is way everything's so separated and isolated and stuff. It's hard to even be outside of in relation to anything. Yeah, I mean, it's like I feel like I no matter where I was, I found my, my niche somewhere or my niche, whatever you want to call it. I found that somewhere, even though I would, I definitely wasn't like the popular kid in school or anything like that. I mean, I at least gravitated towards one or two other people. And so I think that regardless of your differences, like I feel like Ruby will probably find a friend or two regardless of how good they are or whatever. Um, everybody feels, like, feels like an outsider in some regard. You know what I mean? It feels like girls are just meaner, though. Like, they're already yeah. so I much mean, more yeah. developed mentally. Like, the, the boys don't even understand anything, and the girls are just already way far more advanced. Yeah, but Toby, no. you're, asking, you're asking how your daughter makes friends, like, at her age. But, like, you're, I don't, your wife doesn't like to make friends either, right? None yep. of us do. Morels aren't right. good at making friends. <laughs> okay, right. so this is no. this is, might be a morel problem. <laughs> Maybe it's a, a morel non-problem is what I'm going to yeah. suggest. <laughs> Maybe it's all right. It's a it's a solution here. Well, so we we signed up Ruby for a rock climbing class, and there's it's all girls, and we met. Uh, we were going uh, when it snowed. We went sledding, and we met this family. And so they seem really nice, same age girl. And then I try to get Ruby to talk to him, but it just seems so intimidating for her. And so, and she's, she is athletic. That's what's crazy. Is, I mean, she just is so much smaller than these basketball players. But like in rock climbing, she'll climb right up the the rock wall and does really good. But it just seems like girls have, they, they are more uh, in tune to what is happening or where. And then the different levels of friendship they're aware of too. Like the boys, like with Ike or something, it's just like, so much easier. Just Social hierarchy. But boys are just it, it, everybody wants to say just boys are dumb or whatever, and maybe that's what it is, but it, <laughs> it's like just boys don't care as much about certain things. And yeah. so they're unaware of it. But it feels like girls are just way more aware. They are mm-hmm. way more aware of like their clothes and the surroundings mm-hmm. and what's happening and who said what and and everybody. Like when yeah. when when they describe what happened in school, my daughter's tell way more details than Ike ever could. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He'll tell a yeah. specific detail that interested him, but the girls, my girls are way more aware. And so like Ruby t- today even saw that too. Like with the with basketball, I was like, Hey, how was it? She's like, well, you know, 
uh, I don't really know anybody. And I was like, well, it, it did kind of seem like they were a lot bigger than you. She's like, yeah. She said, I was kind of like, she just, I, I was having a more adult conversation with her. And mm-hmm. she's 11, Ike's only nine. But it just feels like that way that girls just, I guess they really do develop mentally way faster than boys <laughs> or something. No, that but, is true. For but it's sure, frustrating. Yeah. Seinfeld had an old bit about the how how little boys just be friends. Like, you like candy? I like candy. Let's be best friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think there might it be – it seems like there might be more bullying with girls mm-hmm. than boys. Is that true? Well, I don't want to yeah. get too, like, political about it, but, I mean, I do feel like – even at a young age, like girls feel such a different level of pressure, just like social pressure than I think boys do where, because there is the whole, like there's the, how you look aspect. There's the, even the boys you like aspect. Like there's so many different facets of being a girl of any age for some reason that I think even when you're younger and before you're even like fully aware of what those facets are, they're just, they just are. Mm -hmm. And you just automatically feel more pressure as a girl than you do as a guy where. What about competition with girls? Is there, is that what, was that something for you growing up? Like comp, like I sense that with Ruby, that there is like with with the friends that she's had in the places we've lived, there Mm -hmm. is some level of hierarchy and and competition that feels different than with the boys. Yeah, I think just in my experience, I felt now I was a band geek, so I can't even Me too. <laughs> speak you play? to I played flute and then I once I was in high school I started playing percussion and that's when I got into drumming and stuff like that. But um I mean, on that level, there was definitely competition, but there's also some sort of weird competition between, like, I would specifically say with, like, boys and just getting attention in general. There's this weird, like... Male attention is the currency? Yeah, I would say, at least for me, it was. Um, And it's not even that's, that's what I wanted, but that's what I felt like I had to have in order to also have some other level of social status, I guess. In so it's just that girls school. are often more aware of the social hierarchy, basically. Yeah. And they're just aware that where their status is and boys can be mm-hmm. more unaware of it, I guess. And so they, you know, it's it, they're thrust into a zero-sum social thing. They realize pretty quick, mm-hmm. I guess, that it feels zero-sum to them. Like you, you can at least get ahead by putting other people down is the first thing that would occur to you, to your mind. Yeah, and I think that even though I think on the boys' side, there's probably a level of, you know, I I want to see how many, like, girlfriends I can have or whatever on that scale. I think it's a whole other dynamic with girls where if you don't get any guy's attention, no matter what age you are, like, that's somehow what puts you in that in that hierarchy for some reason. Um, even when you're super young and you don't even really know what that means, it's kind of weird. Like when I look back at who was like popular when I was like super young, it really just had to do with who was friends with all the popular guys, basically. Even pre-sexual, um, you even have the sense of that there's a sexual value b- before you even understand what sex is, maybe. Yeah, I think to an extent, but I also like... I do think there were a lot of things I was very naive to that maybe other people in my that in my age group weren't naive to. So I don't know how much I can speak to that f- 
experience fully but like i fully think that there were people in my middle school classes that were already having sex and i didn't even know what that me- even meant good so, lord in middle I was school on a ta- yeah i was on a whole other level i'm me too. y'all already know i'm a late bloomer so i was like i didn't even know what the hell was going on half the time but like there were fully pregnant women in my or little girls, I should say. I can't even call them women. There what? were pregnant girls in my middle school classes for sure. Good uh, conf- God. You're confirming the, the Appalachian stereotypes. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just real. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So in Knoxville Middle School, they took smoke breaks and they had, they worked second second shift after For they got real. out of middle school. For real, the high school I was supposed to go to until a new one was built was the one with the highest pregnancy rate in Knox County. So my God, that's one of those. I, I love those kind of stats where you'd have the highest pregnancy. Like as as if anybody else anywhere knows and tracks their preg- pregnancy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you only hear those stats when they're very high as if right. anybody else is really yeah. tracking such things i can't believe y'all love peyton manning so much him coming from high class mississippi we worship him for real it I is think the, insane i think the thing for me was and what i'm even seeing now it feels like so okay see if i can get this it feels like girls have to be approached but what you're saying too is girls have to put themselves out there to be recognized or something like that. But like, it feels like Ruby has to not only uh, approach the guys or, 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 uh, uh, but she has to approach the girls too. Like girls mm-hmm. aren't just easy to, Hey, what's up? Hey, come on in. You know, like for me, yeah, no. th- it was, it, there was friends, guy friends where it was just on the playground. We're like, Oh yeah, let's just play kickball. But mm-hmm. like Ruby, like Ruby is pretty, like I said, she's athletic um, she's competitive and she wants to play kickball with uh, at recess, but only the boys play kickball. And so she always feels like, like you said, an outsider. Mm-hmm. And so she has to approach them and then she has to approach the girls if she even wants to talk to them. But yeah. then she feels kind of dumb. She feels like it's dumb to have to approach the girls in a way. Like what, yeah. why, you know? Yeah, it's weird. Like this, this sounds so stupid when I say it out loud because it is stupid. But I, I have a distinct memory from when I was in, I want to say like seventh or eighth grade, where it literally came down to like I, I think I borrowed a friend's shirt that was like some sort of name brand. It was literally like American Eagle or something. It wasn't even name no. brand. And I remember getting so much attention from other girls that day. Wow. And it was like, even then, I was like, this is the weirdest thing I have ever experienced. Like, I wore a shirt that somehow people, other people knew was more expensive. And I'm like getting approached by other girls in my class, much less like other boys in my class. And it's so strange. Like, I I don't even know how to explain it, really. It is, I think girls are like subconsciously kind of told to or like taught to kind of like pit themselves against each other sort of. Yeah. Um, whether like, obviously like, I don't think my parents like taught me that, but it is just something that you sort of like grow into and something you pick up on as you're like growing up in middle school. It's so strange. That seems pretty, you know, non-cultural though, pretty biological, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just a emergent 
you know, probably mammal thing to do for, you know, it's it's a matter of getting geared up for the sexual selection and the contest of procreation, like it's, it's and resources toward that end, you know, like the, there's bio, biological programming to do. You don't have to get taught it, you know, by your parents or anything, mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, and it's like, it's kind of funny because once I got into high school, I actually gravitated more towards hanging out with the guys because it was as simple as like they were all playing kickball. And in my case, it was airsoft. That was like the thing. Everybody had airsoft or paintball guns. And it was as simple as, well, not in school, but that was like what they did outside of school. Either that or Xbox were the two things. And it was as simple as like, oh, I think that's kind of cool. Like, I want to join. They're like, okay, cool. Like, the guys were like, okay, sure. Like, show up here and you need to have this. Whereas, like, with the girls, it was like stuff that even then I just wasn't interested in. Or even if I was interested in it, it wasn't, like, enough to get me, like, in the group, you know? Right. Whereas, like, I just went up to, like, the guys and they are like, yeah, I mean, like, we're playing on Saturday, like here at nine <laughs> and so i just like hung out with the guys most of high school like i had an airsoft gun i got xbox live like it just because i was like this sounds cool and they're like okay like cool like join us i guess <laughs> and it wasn't that easy with the girls it was a whole other level of complicated that I couldn't quite figure out at that age, and I wasn't interested in figuring out really. And as a late bloomer, that just stayed. That just became part of the overall per, your per personality then. Yeah, I think so. I think just now, like literally in the last probably two years of my life, have I started to embrace like the we'll call it the girly side of me, where um, I feel like I'm just into what I'm into, and I didn't feel pressured to be into one thing or the other or fit in some sort of hierarchy of interests or level of girliness or tomboyishness or whatever. Like it literally took me halfway through college to just say, like, I don't understand what the point of all this shit is. You know, (laughs) I can just do whatever the fuck I want. I'm an adult now. (laughs) I know it's not, it's not the popular thing to say nowadays, but I'm just going to say it. Guys are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> they can be for sure. They yeah. have their upsides. That's, like, there's a lot of high upside with guys, and I think everything uh, Mary Beth just talked about is one of them. If you're down to just chill and and do whatever we're already doing, there's there's no real barrier in. I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, for the most part, and I mean, like, because, and I was definitely not like. And this sounds like so gross to say as an adult now, but like I wasn't like desirable as like a high school girl. I wasn't like, you know, I haven't, I wasn't in any relationships. I didn't date in high school or anything. And so like it was just easier anyways to be one of the guys. And they didn't like, they were fine with that. They were just like, okay, you're one of the guys then. Or or, or like you're just playing with us. It wasn't like this whole I I didn't feel like it had to be so labeled and so segmented. Whereas like sometimes with girls, it's like, Oh, you're a popular girl or you're a, a a band nerd or you're this or you're that. Like there's all these different labels you have to fit in. You know, I read this a long time ago, but there's something about how guys can, uh, 
fall under a, the leader or the alpha or the head guy more easily or readily than females can. Like guys go, oh, that's the boss. Okay, this this is my position in a in the workforce or something. You know, like when when you get a job or something, that that's the boss. I'm gonna do this, and then oftentimes women, it, uh, and this might be totally bullshit. I don't know. This is something I read several years ago, but oftentimes women uh, have to figure out the hierarchy or struggle with the hierarchy uh, way more than men do. Like men, for some reason, can just go, "Oh, that's the the leader guy. Let me get behind him," and, and then eventually, with maybe with the hopes of moving up and becoming the leader themselves or whatever. But it feels that way. Even I even see that. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's just seems like men oftentimes go, "Okay, this is what it is. So here's I'm just going to do this or not." And then women uh, oftentimes feel like they probably because they are so aware. Like you said, that shirt you wore, no, not a, probably a single guy would have thought about you wearing a, a different kind of shirt or something. But all the, the females or the women did because they are just naturally aware of that. And maybe, maybe that's even going back to your point, Matt, of biology or whatever, maybe, yeah. or, you know, or evolution that you have to be aware of it to uh, procreate or to keep going or to move up and get, get what you want out of it. I don't, I don't know. Well, the, you know, the, the women, um, the, you know, the men <clears throat> are more like drone worker warrior, the bread for that or sent, you know, over, over, you know, millions of years of different mammals to be aggressive worker drone type things. And they can work together in a pack, like a dog pack, or, you know, the, right. They all, that. They have naturally built in that concept of leadership in the sense of like a, you go to war and you have to follow the strongest person. So okay, fine. It's just like it's kind of that's they have that's their mindset a little bit more. Is that working together to beat an opponent or something? They just kind of readily snap to that. And they do the that, idea. and so that is their shirt that they're wearing or whatever, though, right? Yes, their work. Right. Or their success there, or whatever, and then and that's how the they women, get a mate though right. is to do well in a system like that that the yeah. females can recognize, and then they you know they compete that they, they compete with each other for the female whatever females amount they can get of females, and the females are trying to get the highest resource male in the thing or something like that. It's really funny though, looking at y'all on this Zoom call, uh, Lunsford and you and even me, like we would not have been chosen. By that, <laughs> we are not the men that the women would have wanted to be with in the you know ten thousand BC. <laughs> we we wouldn't have been trusted or the ones that they thought would would help or save or well, bear strong children. Here's what I don't understand about my life: Cassidy worked at a hospital, right, when in San Diego, and she used to get hit on by firemen and police officers. Yeah, she married you. And what happened? <laughs> Yeah. Something's wrong with her. Okay, no. really wrong. Let me yeah. this is going to be an unpopular opinion pro probably. But let me just say though, have you noticed how seemingly average looking men have the hottest Hey, fuck you. wives fuck and girlfriends. You. No, I'm just saying in general. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> In general, that is the case, but you don't see that that role flipped very often. You don't see like, 
a really buff guy with like a heavier set woman or just an average looking woman. Like, am yeah. I the only one that has noticed that? I no, mean, it's it's no, just it typically yeah. just goes with the re <laughs> the resource. <laughs> you know that that they would say that men carry a lot more weight for the resources that they might would have for a woman and her offspring is the way she's thinking. Like I have to get as much resources as possible for me and my possible offspring because the female has to spend all the time. So an with, average male, a looking male, but he has more wealth or resources uh, and whatever yeah. social status, yeah. well, warrior status, money. If it's totally fair to put all that on what the woman is looking for and not also look at what the man is looking for. Like, I feel like in society, it's less acceptable for a man to end up with a less attractive woman as opposed to the other way around. If we're just looking at that, I mean, I know there are other factors, obviously, but it's not all about, well, women want stability, want wealth and want this. It's also about what men look for and what they're willing to accept in women too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This, it's not comfortable for men to like a uh, high status men would themselves feel uncomfortable being judged for dating or mm -hmm. being with a partner that was deemed not attractive, even if they did, I like guess working against even them to have that perception because they understand the status power of the, of the female that was attached mm -hmm. to them, you know, in, in a yeah. way that, would be responded to by others, even regardless of them, I guess. Right. I, I do think that we, we are, I really believe this. I think we are living in the time of evolutionary change where what we are talking about right now is ending. Like it, it, we'll go, we'll go into a virtual, which is reality. We, we, we call it virtual reality now, but we're going to that where the, uh, I, I mean, I'll, our sex, our gender, our the color of our skin, who we are, all that stuff is changing because you will you will be able to be you will be able to express your mm -hmm. personality physically in a way that you haven't been able to before, and all this is gone, right? Yeah, like I mean, yeah. one of our great, I mean, I think our great grandchildren, but maybe maybe it's down the line a little bit. I don't know, but within the next hundred years, what all of us experienced in elementary school, that's gone. And yeah, and what, yeah. like what what Ruby is going through now, that won't happen. I mean, she she can make herself into anything online, and it will be an expression that will be what it'll be super unique, and it won't fit gender norms or any uh, sexual roles or he and she. Right? I mean, and, and that I mean, isn't this the end of that? It's the, it's the, it, there'll be a big shift in sexual selection pressure and how it's utilized, but it'll it'll seek to reestablish itself in new sets of norms. Though, I mean, you know, you won't it won't be tied to your biological side though as much, right? But your but it'll still will be a high status and low status expressions te technologically though. So it, the 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 there still will be. I mean, you see mobs on social media; they're real. Just because you say, oh, there's no mobs anymore once they crack down on mob crime until there was a new place for mobs to arise and then they can arise again. So bullying right. will happen to different people for different reasons is all. But oh, sure. But it but, won't be your physical body shape, though, might not be the reason why. But that also, it, the, but the things that have held some 
people back before won't anymore. Like, yeah, it'll change like, all the things right. that are judged and why they're judged, though. Like, but whatever's associated as low class or undesirable will get treated the same way. Right. It'll just be judged on for different reasons. Well, I was just thinking about it, even with like the recent like uh, GameStop and AMC and all that stuff. The Robinhood app uh, created this app that let a lot more people in, right? And then they took advantage of it, and it fucked shit up real bad, right? Like, like everybody's like, "Oh wait, I can do this. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to." And maybe it's maybe it is simply gambling at this point, but it won't be in the future. And so, if the more access that everybody has, so for example, there will be still probably wars in virtual reality or whatever. You know what I mean? There will be yeah. all this stuff, but it won't matter anymore that you are over six feet tall and have a Johnson and, or, <laughs> you know, can can do stuff. I mean, you, you, you might find out that uh, way more people are going to have better skills at fighting at, at warfare than what we've always done in the past. Right. In, in all of history, men going and killing themselves to try and save their country or take another one over. And that's going to be gone, and then and then the development of new technology and all this stuff. It, you might have way more access. We're just talking about sex and gender. I mean, it'll be you're right, like uh, lower income people, and they're all going to have access to anything and change everything. I mean, yeah. that is what's going to yeah. happen. They 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 are going to be the creators, and you won't know anymore. Like there there used to be classes of people, and all, all across the board, and that's going away. So now you yeah. won't have that same. Now there'll still be bullying. I'm there'll sure, be classes. Like said, they'll I mean, just they're... be defined by different attributes than biological. Well, it's like you, you used to have to be a really good sword fighter. That doesn't matter at all, right? Right. It's like right. Indiana Jones shooting the the uh, guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark with the the big sword. Like once that came into the picture. So I think you got to think about like Demolition Man. It's just the biological things like actual physical sex embodied and stuff like that will just be like, oh, y'all used to do all that. It'll just be like the biological is not the in-person. The biological is so crude seeming. Right. Mm -hmm. But you'll have much more advanced ways of judging people horribly, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's not that part won't stop. Oh no! Yeah, it just the won't. It'll be based on other changing. stuff. Yeah, and there'll definitely be classes, but it, it you know it'll be about who's mm-hmm. cl- who's got better computers or something. Well, <laughs> and like this isn't necessarily to the same level, but like for example, I just wrote I recently wrote an article for a different website about um, the difference between bisexuality and pansexuality because even so, obviously now we have so many more terms for different sexualities than we ever did before. And with that has come even more judgment, even from within the community. So within the LGBTQ community, there is even judgment between how you identify and how those labels intersect with other labels and, and things like that. So there's a huge kind of rift between the bisexual community and the pansexual community. But then there's also a rift between just the general LGBTQ community and the bisexual community. And so it's like, even though we're introducing these, let's more explore terms, one of those rifts. What, what is the beef between those two groups? I would like to hear it. So yeah, I'll start with bisexuality and pansexuality. So, you know, 
if you're talking in very general terms, bisexuality is being attracted to men and women. But obviously now there are more genders within this gender binary that people identify as. And it is kind of assumed by some people that bisexuality is it follows the gender binary, which I is see. by default reinforces it, it, it at least. It excludes people. Whereas pansexuality is being attracted to someone regardless of their gender and it's kind of assumed on a surface level to be more inclusive when in reality both of these terms basically mean the same thing where you can be attracted to people of any gender and so it really just depends on what definition you subscribe to if you think that somehow pansexuality is more inclusive than the other then that's where this rift starts and mm -hmm. the LGBTQ community in general is already kind of not as accepting towards bisexual people as they are other sexual identities because I think just the way human nature works, we feel like things have to be black and white most of the time. So you either yeah. have to be gay or not gay. Yeah. Some people yeah. subscribe to that line of thinking, I should say. And but doesn't so, that whole territory sound like uh, the Church of God splitting from the Church of God Pentecostals and stuff? Like, yeah, you know what I, I mean? mean? Like that, of course, it's like that means it's very fertile ground mm -hmm. for. I think it sets up what Toby's saying anyway, because you'll just get more and more fracture and more mm -hmm. and more opinions and more and more choice. Like this right. isn't that time when they got all crazy on genders before we went back to normal. Mm -hmm. That's not the time we're in. This is yeah. the time when the very beginning of being able to express yourself right. differently occurred. Mm -hmm. Very, very tip of that iceberg. But there'll right. be every combination of mixed reality between human and mm -hmm. machine and animal. And people will be able to live their whole lives in many unrecognizable ways and mm -hmm. not very tied to biology. Yeah, and, and rather than things being able to intersect, it, it of course, we kind of, I feel like humans default to you have to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where a lot of the conflict comes in. It's like, you know, a lot of these identities do overlap a lot, sometimes entirely. And maybe there's one small fraction of a difference that creates the separation in these terms. But people are sometimes unwilling to recognize that. They think just because there's a difference in terms, that means they have to be opposites as opposed to yep. just slightly different. And so that's where the conflict comes in. It's like rather than there being some nuance and maybe some slight differences, they have to be at odds with one another. And yep. I think that even if you come up with even more terms to include people, it's there's still going to be different levels of judgment and exclusion because yeah, people it. kind of make it that way. You know what I mean? People, yes. it feels like hardwired sometimes that we have to be opposed to something or have to be on one end of the spectrum of the other. We can't fall simultaneously on all these ends of one spectrum. It has to be opposites. Yeah, because we have to lay we like to label stuff so that we know mm -hmm. what it is. And then once we know what it is, we can know if it's good or bad. So that's mm -hmm. that is hard that's hard that's like mathematically hardwired just because it's the easiest way to to have anything like certainty. 
You just go, mm-hmm. what is it? It's a thing. I label it. Now, well, and even if we create hundreds of labels, yeah. it's still not enough yeah. to include everyone. Yeah, it implies a judgment just to use a bring a label into the question. Like just to just to label something already means now it can be will be can and will be negatively labeled. Like there's mm-hmm. a downside to the label existing always. So it makes you think it implies like it's exclusive from something else just because the label is there. So it cr- automatically like creates a uh, basically a hierarchy just by mm-hmm. our desire to categorize things. It's funny. I, I had uh, this conversation, man, gosh, I would say, yeah, over two decades ago with Jared Svensson, Joey's brother. And I said, I don't know if there's absolute truth. And we had a really, <laughs> we had a really good conversation about it. And then, uh, and Jared had made some really good points. Uh, I think probably pro, Absolute truth, uh, especially when you're in the context of God or Jesus or something. But I, and so then I would say for probably a decade, I was like, I was just being stupid. There probably is absolute truth. There is a, but now I would say in the last few years, I'm back to, I don't know. And it seems like what we're talking about is each individual is trying to define uh, who they are, right? Like, and so, Starting it, Be, yeah, being in a back. group means it, it. There's some community there, but at the same time, you don't get to be completely an individual if you are in a a group. And so everyone's trying to clarify, uh, you know, get some clarity and define who they are. I think that's what people are trying to do, and it causes a lot of you know people that want to say, well, this is just. There's only certain things. There's only certain ways of being. Uh, that causes the stress or the arguments or whatever. But I, that's why I think uh, the virtual world or the AI that will bring that is coming forth will maybe let people be just who they are. Maybe there's not enough definitions or letters or whatever because it has to be enough for every single person on earth, right? Like every single person needs their own. Even if it's just a hair off, and Matt, you said that about denominations, that really makes a lot of sense to me. Like all the denominations are because I want to change this. It may, maybe it's even just a one thing, just a hair. Yeah, it's kind of cool I mean? too it's, to customize. You know, I'm down with the idea of like you customize on the individual shit, level. Yes, you know, like you work together but, some, and then you differentiate and you try. Right. And I like that. It's like it's a cool process of in a way. It just well, I mean, every for forever, everybody wants to say you're unique, you're special. Yeah, you're yeah not, we have you're that like drive. No one else. It's, it's kind of cool. But then everybody wants to join a group or something like that because if you don't, you feel like you're an outsider. Yeah, yeah. Or lonely or something like that. But I mean, that's what denominations do. I mean, you I mean, desperately really have a desire to belong to a group, and then within that group, you want to stick out as unique. So you want to blend in, and then you want to stick out in the thing you blend in in, and then you right. want to be as high as you can in that thing. I mean, look, look at look at us and and Lunsford. We all wanted to be uh, musicians, but we'd be kind of Christian. But we want we don't want to be too Christian, right, exactly. You know what I mean? We don't want to be too Christian, but we want to be Christian and just enough for us. And so, I mean, what? How did you define it? That's why everybody always are you Christians in a band or a band of Christians or, yeah. or is, is is this a Christian? All that people all the questions all people always want to know is the, that definition. Who are you? What are you? And the truth is, yeah. you can't really say 
But they want it, you. Everybody really, demands it really, to, to it doesn't know, really though. Fit the definition. Yeah, but you know, it, you but you do have labels for all the stuff that you let's just say consume passively that you don't know much about. You definitely yeah. need simple labels for that kind of stuff. <laughs> like so, you use labels for people that are public figures. Like uh, you know, whatever label you right. have on Ben Shapiro, you have on him. Yeah, but you you don't need a higher resolution because you it doesn't matter. You just right. it's just a thing to you, and whatever that thing is to you, you know what label you have on it and how you judge it. So, you know, you feel like you need a way to categorize people, don't you? Yeah. Just to just to navigate, just to know you're well, them I, or you're not them, or whatever. Right. Just, you can't help it. You just cannot help. I it's like self sorting is just yeah. we do it. The labels and the definitions are really good when you're a kid. I think I think you need you that. Don't get to locked out into you, them though. Is the problem? I know that's what I'm saying, and that, and that's what we do with Christianity and everything. <laughs> I mean, you get locked into elementary, and then people don't want you to ever change. Yeah, but you have to keep graduating. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I think it's good for my kids. Like my daughters hate the idea of wearing dresses. They never want to. They think it's the stupidest thing in the world. They love. They want to wear black and these jeans, and but then they also like. Legging sometimes and some stuff with their hair. Like, it's funny. Like, I mean, they like some stuff that I would call girly, but they don't want, they only want to go so far with that to where they feel comfortable. And I actually really think it's cool. I really like it. The, the way they dress and the way they are and the, the, the colors that they choose their clothing and stuff like that. But they fully think they're girls. You know what I mean? I'm a girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if I said something about them, uh, in a masculine sense, they would laugh. They would die laughing. You know what I mean? Like I'm a girl dad, and, and I, I mean maybe 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 that's me even influencing them somehow. But I mean, I I don't. It's funny when they say stuff like that. But I think for them, it helps them have some foundation in the world, some anchor in the world of who what their identity is. But I think it can expand and grow as it gets older, as they get older. Yeah. Same with me. I mean, I think that I think my identity has changed a billion times as I've gotten older because otherwise I would be somebody I don't like. The, the, my identity, if it was the same as when I was eighteen, I hate those people now. Yeah. Anybody like me when I was eighteen, I think they're they're stupid and awful. I think they're terrible. If you could people. have really put the labels on yourself that you wanted then, and they were unable to have been changed, that would have been a mistake. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, but you want a label at some point, and then you wouldn't want to be stuck to it if you could help it. So you'd want to de-label right. yourself if you had, you know, if you could get older and fit into less and less categories. That that would be a, a a healthy thing. It seems like. What's the uh, what is the old sex going to be like though? As going forward, because sex definitely informed all of us, even if we weren't having it. <laughs> yeah right like yeah. we weren't even having sex and it informed us of who we were and who we weren't what we could do and what we couldn't do right and that might be going away like i mean it's gonna two. be less biological over time is all i'm saying you might can have more of it though will you still be able to be horny yeah can you be horny oh, yeah. in the future oh yeah does, it just you might involve you, other people it... less and stuff like that and physical bodies less is all. This, it already does. It yeah. already does. What are you talking I mean, about? You can see the trend pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. just, you won't have to do any of that risky behavior with other humans, though. Why would you? <laughs> oh, I know. Like, why That's what, you, another I know. meat sack involved is not oh, likely God. to be involved? That you just, That sounds I mean, disgusting now. 
You know. That's what's so funny. I remember uh, Sandra Bullock and Demolition Man. It's like, yeah, and and, and they and they put <laughs> That's on what the. Saying. They sat and she sat across from Sylvester Stallone, and they had sex without touching. And he was right. like, "What do we do? Oh, yo, what are yeah. we That's doing?" Right. You know? That's, I think that's very that's very accurate. And, and at the time, though, when I watched that, I was like, "This is so stupid. That'll never be." Yeah. What? Are they? Oh my I think that's, god! But that's that, very close. That movie was brilliant. Yeah. That is exactly what it will be. I think it's you a will very, not want to change very, bodily fluid with yeah. anybody in the future. It'll be it sounds it'll be gross. It'll be what are we doing? The pandemics let that be clear. Like it's I mean I'm yes. not saying that sex is over or anything. I'm just saying um, it's it will be. You think of you can start to see humans the the brutality of a real analog human doing stuff, breathing, standing right. around, laying on you, drinking, sharing viruses with. Ugh. Laying on, oh, rubbing genitals and stuff. I mean, what oh. is that? Some crude, archaic thing. I mean, I don't, why would you do it? You can get better pleasure with the implant and run the program with a bot that cleans itself. That's beautiful and is everything you could ever and has a great personality. I mean, you know, you won't be able to. <laughs> I mean, the you won't be able to make the humans. argument for analog right. sex in another. You know, six months. I have to say, though, (laughs) (laughs) this may not be the safest thing, but I truthfully did not even fully start dating until not because of the pandemic, but it just so happened that the phase of my life where I started dating happened after the pandemic had already started. (laughs) After the pandemic? Yes. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? I know know that's bad, but yeah. You didn't go on dates until the after the pandemic? Yeah, just, well, partially just because I've mentioned I'm a late bloomer, but that's true. And it just so happened that that phase of my life decided to happen as we were in a pandemic. And I just have, I've been safe about it, but I have dated more during the pandemic than I ever have in my life. And what what was the big kicker for it? Was How'd it just because life was online or what? What made you start there? I think Are you just living dangerously? Fuck it. I'll take COVID. Living fuck on it. the fucking edge. Yeah, yeah. had to get dangerous before she got interested. Yeah. No, yeah, right? As soon as you can risk your life, yeah. you're like, I'm ready to date. <laughs> fucking put me in the ring, coach. I'm ready. Yeah, no, it just, I think just my personal development lined up with the unfortunate events of the world. And I just happened to be ready to date whenever everything was on fucking lockdown. And so... I've had to make that work. Did you I decide mean, to be ready or or you how did it go? I think it was a combination of kind of just a, a eventual like gradual self-discovery journey that somehow ended at the same time, but also I was like I mean, why the fuck not? <laughs> if I'm if I'm careful about it like I might as well cuz there's no there's no telling how long we're going to be in this pandemic basically. Mm-hmm. So I've already, I felt as though I had already put my life, like my dating life on hold for 26 years. And so I'm not willing to wait another two years for that to, you know, which I mean, I'm not saying that's the smartest decision, but it's been all right so far. I think it is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong. With what What is dating like in a pandemic though? Like, is it just, is it online? And then when you go to hang out with somebody, it's what is it? Just tell me what what because I'm for, I'm about to be forty five. I haven't been in this game in a long time. What what? How in well, the? Well, hey, neither. I always I. thought it was. I, I thought it was hard to meet people without a pandemic. 
I know, mean, it so is. So in a pandemic, in what, what, what is it like? Walk me through it. You, what? How do you set up a date with somebody? Well, I mean, even though I'm reluctant to, I've had to resort to dating apps, which, you know, they have their pros and cons. I pretty much hate them, but they feel like a necessary evil at this point. But Yeah, totally. Um, there, I mean, there's a whole new feature on most dating apps where you select, like, you know, you can select other preferences. That's always been a thing where you select, like, your location and what, I mean, what even gender that you're looking for or what um, religion you're looking for or whatever. Like, you can set parameters, and one of those new parameters yeah. is, you know, social distance dating, um, online only, like you can select basically in what capacity you would like to meet these people. Um, uh, and so, you can choose online only? Yeah, like you can choose like where you only want to have Zoom dates with people, which I've been on a Zoom date with someone, and it was, I mean, fine, I guess. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, there was only one, if that tells you anything. Yeah. But not to say they can't be successful, but it's just like, right? okay, you know, like. Oh, my and gosh. So, I would just die in that situation. Yeah, well, it was like, I, she, she wanted to watch a movie. And so, over Zoom. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. Wow. I mean, like, going to a movie on your first date is already, like, you're already limited. Like, because you're, you're supposed to be getting to know this person. Right. So it's already kind of like, is this the best fir- first date option? And then you're right. doing it over Zoom. And when I tell you this girl was knitting while the movie was playing what over a Zoom. boring person she must be. I was like, how was this a date? Like, I'm just staring at a screen. You're well, not even knitting. looking at the screen. You're fucking knitting. I wish you could just try to explain oh, this particular date to somebody 20 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, you're on a date. You're looking at a, a TV, and they're on a TV, and you're watching another TV, and somebody's knitting, and you—that's how is that a date? Like oh you couldn't, it, you couldn't have convinced somebody that even in a goofy Not a situation yes. that that could constitute well, as a date. And then the next day, she texts me, and she's like, "I don't think this is going to work." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck did, what did we you even do?" do? <laughs> Nothing was working to begin with. She couldn't believe what? how boring you were. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. You're the one that knitted through the whole fucking movie that I've already seen. What? I was what like, movie? all right. What movie did you watch? It was Birds of Prey with Harley Quinn in it, which I saw in, th- that was the last movie I saw in theaters before the quarantine started. Yep. So I'd already seen it, but I'm like, you're not even watching the movie if you're knitting. I just, it was, it was all just (laughs) fucking weird. And I was like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Like this was like the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to be a good sport. I got to make this shit work. We're in a new world right now. And it was some bullshit. So (laughs) after that, I was like, look, if you don't have... The Rona. I'm going to believe you, and we can go out to dinner. We can wear our masks. And if you're lying to me, then, well, that's fucking stereotypical of going on online dates as people are going to lie to you. So, you know, it's, oh, 
man, it's incredibly infuriating. It's just, I'm getting worked up now that I think about it. I'm like, this is just some bullshit. (laughs) I didn't even think about that, though. I mean, like, there, I mean, lots of people lie before they go on dates, but now they might can lie about having Corona. It's like, okay, not only can you lie to me about having herpes, but now you can lie to me about having coronavirus. Right. Great. Fantastic. This is a fucking win win situation, isn't it? Yeah, it's like. Oh my God! Un, like you live in a world where unlimited diseases await you. Like, Truly, I mean, they keep multiplying by the year. It seems, but no. I mean, I've luckily I've I've had some decent experiences. I'm currently still seeing somebody I've seen for the last couple months, and we both feel the same way about the pandemic. Like we both are trying to be as careful as possible, but also just being honest with each other like hey like if if we were exposed to somebody at work then we don't see each other until we've been tested and all that stuff like at least i found someone who's honest about that but you don't always you don't always get that there's certain groups of people that it should just be obvious that they can act a certain way during the pandemic different than other people Mm -hmm. i mean people that are in that situation there's just certain years of people's life in child development or adult development where there's relatively small windows of important things to do that have to be factored in, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My wife hadn't been home in three months. She says she's been exposed. Yeah. On and off. (laughs) There's been a lot of people at work lately. Just keep resetting that three day clock. Yeah. I appreciate her honesty. Yeah. You know what? It's really admirable that you're letting her have her space right now. (laughs) I think uh, you were saying, I mean, Matt, you've said this a bunch. I think the, the dating apps or whatever are still probably just the initial stage, but that's probably how every human will meet and connect in the future though. Right. Like, I mean, think of it this way, just take whatever dating app Mary Beth is on now. Just, (laughs) Fuse it with DoorDash. Yeah. What, what, like, it's not far. That's not hard, is it? Right. It's just you order the exact dream night to come to your house, and it yeah. will, and then you'll have it. It mm-hmm. will, but that's what I'm saying. That, but whatever, like, why, whatever way. But why do so many people dislike it though? Like Mary Beth, you you said that you know there's lots of oh, issues God. with it, or whatever. But 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 is it? But. It's the same thing like we used to have to, you know, I mean, you go to a bar and try to meet somebody or you meet somebody at a, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a loud person. dance club's not great either. No, yeah, yeah, opinion, I know. In my experience with my set of skills. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, on paper, dating apps are a flawless solution, right? Because you're like, okay, yeah, I can flip through all my options and in theory select people that are the most compatible to me, right? Well, right. that doesn't. Obviously, on theory or in theory, things are very different than in person or in practice, I should say. And so there are a lot of people, everyone's on there for a different reason. So I could be on there to genuinely find someone that I would like to marry one day. and But most people are on there purely out of boredom. And yeah. that shows. It very seems like quickly. it can be kind of like, net, you know, you log on Netflix and you just scroll oh, for an yeah. hour. Yeah, that, like, and you never even watch a movie. It seems mm-hmm. like the online dating could be that. Like, oh yeah, you can get whatever you want out of it. You can, if you if you feel like making fun of somebody tonight, hop on Tinder, <laughs> swipe on somebody that you think is funny looking, and boom, you've got your entertainment for the night. If oh, you 
want a picture never... of some tits, man, you can find that on Tinder because you can just swipe through and you can get what you want. And then you will never like you can block that person right away. I've never considered the trolling possibilities. Mm-hmm. I might have to explore this. Oh, hell. It's funny when Andy Nichols was in our band, he sat on Tinder and I watched, uh, I just got to watch him, how, what his selection, because you, it's like, I mean, you literally are selecting yes or no, just on uh, how somebody looks or just whatever picture they have. Mm-hmm. You know, and what no, they've decided to write, if you even get not that Not for far. me. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it was so funny getting to see him choosing people. <laughs> Like, like he matters, but he doesn't matter at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like it gives you some kind of power. Like people are mm-hmm. swiping through those things thinking uh, they're, they're, oh, no, I'm not picking that person. They're well, terrible. Look at that stupid idiot. And there's another level to it that a lot of people don't realize is you're not, no, no one is served the same pool of people equally. Tinder specifically, I don't know about the other apps. I'm sure they utilize the same technology, but you're distributed to people in a hierarchy as well. So let's just say I don't get a whole lot of swipes. They're going to serve my profile to other people that don't get many swipes. <laughs> like kidding. they oh literally God. put me in a lower pool Whereas all of these really fucking hot people are all in the same pool getting served profiles to each other. That's the way because, it works at nightclubs too, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the ropes I mean, yeah. and stuff. It's I mean, like, it's but people emergent. don't realize that. They think yeah. that everyone's going to show up equally on these apps, but you're even still your information, how frequently your profile is viewed, how frequently you're swiped right or left on, all of that factors into this algorithm that ultimately determines the experience you're going to have on these apps. So wouldn't it be true then to say that when even when we move away from those playground versions of this, though, the technology really has the ability to even amplify or make worse the effects of social sorting. Like it's, mm-hmm. you can't argue with it. You can't say those group of 19 kids are mean. It's, you know, 20,000 yeah. swipes well, of you fucking suck. Do you Good, all like arguing that? Yeah. <laughs> you do you just all watch know. Black Mirror, though? Because yeah. there was a whole episode about specifically like matching people, basically like this. It's like an, a very extreme version of online dating where you are matched with like what is determined by this computer, your perfect match. Yeah. And you basically have no choice but to accept but this. Why would you? Extent. It'd be hard at some point if that was really calculated, it would be hard for you to go against it. Basically, if you actually believed it was good and had high enough success rate, it'd be hard for you to not think it was right, though. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's going to that will be really. Extent, yeah, but the, I mean, but, the, but the perfect match doesn't mean it's actually is, though. That's what I'm saying. Like the uh, it, Yeah, there's only it, so much it depends on, paper. on how that what the algorithm selects for and if it agrees right. with what you think long term or not. But it could mm-hmm. be it could be. Well, and you also tuned have to, to exactly consider- what you really do need and want. That if if we are self-categorizing ourselves, we are always more likely to select what we want to be as opposed to what we actually are. True. I, yep. I'm saying it could do a lot better than mm-hmm. you at mate selection. I yeah. Mean, it could do way better. So but like the person I, yeah. I'm seeing right now, we are literally complete opposites in almost every way on paper. But we get along extremely well interpersonally. 
And so it's just a matter of, like, I don't think in any capacity we we have ever been matched together by some kind of computer algorithm because in every category you can imagine we are complete opposites. Down to, like, very arbitrary things. Like, I'm always hot and she's always cold. Where, um, just, like, she likes... IPAs and I like ciders like, it's like like all of these arbitrary things literally in every way we are so different but we get along so well and so we would have never been paired by some kind of computer I mean, algorithm you know I, I really don't think that's accurate <laughs> no it is no Matt I know what you're gonna say and here's why it is, it is accurate and here's why it's exactly why I think the Enneagram is full of shit because people say what they think they are and they mm-hmm. th- when they when they write the answers to the questions is what they think Self- they are or could be totally so so the algorithm and the computers could get it right if you take the human questionnaire the, the qu- no the human and, can and, have no say yeah, in right it whatsoever. if the computer or the the ai completely analyzes you i think right. it probably could nail it because yeah. it might could get it right but you're right like people Always say, well, I'm this way. You know me. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, this is the way I've always just been. Just imagine. Uh, I'm well, a worrier. It's I'm funny. A, yeah. yeah. You, you wouldn't it's be able to you set it that. yourself of what we wanted and what attributes you wanted in your partner is the biggest area that humans are actually the dumbest people on earth as far mm-hmm. as I can tell because mm-hmm. nobody has any grip on they think I like a person and I'll be attracted to, and then they list, and they just list general, abstract, vague-ass attributes that mean nothing, and they say, that's what I'm looking for. Like, uh, well, I need a sense of humor, intelligent, good-looking. It, it means that's just so meaningless, and, they, and people think that's exactly Kind-hmm. what they're looking for. They do not have any clue what they're mm-hmm. looking for, and they could never be trusted to write down on paper what would be good mm-hmm. for them. <laughs> like, of course, a computer's I mean, better at that than you. Are you crazy? Well, and it's funny. Like, I was going to mention the Enneagram, but I know that all of you absolutely think it's bullshit. But I love the Enneagram. And she and I are the two, like, the two numbers that are the most different from one another based on, like, personality traits. Um, But, you know, that's a whole other thing. I, I actually really love the Enneagram, but... I know we could debate about that for but, that could but be does a your any, But if you're that different on the scale, does that mean y'all shouldn't like each other? I don't want to say shouldn't, but it, it seems as though everything's working against us. Like our our brains work so different from one another. Right. And seemingly they're seemingly at odds with one another. So but that's what I'm saying. I think your brains probably do work together. That, you need a conflict, you, though, and complementary no, stuff. No, you need a conflict. conflict so yes, that's part but of also the right I think recipe. You might, you might be more similar than you think. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that might be telling you that you're way different and stuff, but why would you work yeah. so well together? Those are just surface-level expressions that you have easy access to mm-hmm. analyze, but the deep ways that you might be right. resonant with that soul um, are not ones that you have immediate access to. Yeah. But enough data could well, really get you sorted. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think w- just willingness to make things work is unaccounted for in most personality tests. Right. Like, yeah. Because, of course, we could look at these things and say, like, our brains work so differently, there's no way this could work. But if we want it to work, then, yeah, okay. I- if you are willing to understand and accept the differences of another person, that will already take you 50% of the way you need to go, I feel. 
Yeah. yeah. And so just the fact that both of us happen to be into the Enneagram and we kind of use that as a tool to understand how the two of us process things that already was like, okay, well I can at least acknowledge mm-hmm. that you process things very differently than me. And I'm willing to accept that and work around that as opposed to just saying, Oh, fuck that. That's not how I work. And so it's not going to work. You know, wouldn't it be nice though, if everybody did sort according to their league, I mean, there's not, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Cause I don't think out of league dating is really, is a great idea in the long run, right? Well, that's that's also subjective. I mean, what what would cut what would go into that? Because leagues, a lot of people think of leagues as just attractiveness, but no, I, I mean, just in total, I'm just saying, in total, people need to be. Uh, uh, there's people that have a hard time getting a good mate because they are not realistic about their own place, and. You know what I mean? So so that prevents some people mm-hmm. from what they would consider settling or whatever. But I'm just making the pro settling argument. Like if you could you don't what are you trying to what are they what's the 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 thing they use? They're out what do they say? You married settling up, does seem kind of derogatory. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're settling, whoever you're settling for, that person's pretty awesome. Oh, okay, well, which one of you should get the shit <laughs> like into the shit deal then? If not, if you don't meet right. in the middle, what? Which one of you should uh, marry down? Well, it's like real estate. I mean, like, why would you I'm, do I'm that? Having to, I'm having to move and buy a house right now, and I can't afford to live in my neighborhood anymore. It's out of my league. Yeah. So, right. So you need to be where you it's need to be. Same thing. I yeah. have to. I have to go where I have to go. Yeah. I don't want my wife. I mean, if I really married up to my wife, like, then she didn't get a good deal. She yeah. should be kind of. That's not great for her. Right. She slummed it for me, or I say I married up or whatever, but I don't think right. it's an insult to somebody People somewhere. love saying that. Though. Yeah, they love yeah, saying, saying it, but I, what I it means. Up. And if you did marry so, up, she would realize it and leave you, but if she never leaves you, that means she's at your right level. That, yeah, it's just like stock prices. I think they're yeah. usually basically right. I mean, they can get crazy. Or she's stupid. Stuff, but- like, yeah. Why would well, she say that? That's what I'm saying. So she, that puts I'm her saying. back her in my league. Stupid. She's that stupid. So if right. she's really, if Scarlett Johansson is with me, she's an idiot, right? Yeah, right. So she really blew it. What is wrong with her? That would so be a maybe, flaw of hers. That yeah, there's Scarlett so Johansson was with Lunsford. Yeah, there's so many different facets of leagues you can be in. You can base it off attractiveness or intelligence or social skills or whatever. So like you may be settling for someone in one area, and then marrying up in another area it's just yeah, so that's yeah that's i mean that's fine i mean of yeah. course you do that in different areas but overall it should it really does need to balance because other i mean just imagine right now in 2021 if i have just a wife that is just outrageous in every department out of my league makes way more money way more smarter she i can't keep up with her philosophically in discussions i can't appreciate the art she does i look like an idiot every time i go out with her friends she makes all the money i mean how is that good for anybody if I could score such a thing? That would be a miserable life for me. I would be the worst idiot. Imagine, I mean, that's I'd be the most pathetic person on earth. Well, here's the thing you're leaving out that is totally true. I And I just realized this this week, actually. Um, you know how Facebook will do the memories post or whatever. You know, this was so many years ago, whatever. And it was Jess and I on our wedding day. And I looked at that picture and I was like, those two 
fucking morons did not <laughs> know each other. We yeah, committed yeah, for yeah. our entire <laughs> life knowing yeah. not know. each other. We did not know each other at all. Mary Beth, that's what I was thinking when you were talking. Like, you, you, who you're dating right now is awesome. It's so fun. You don't know them. You do <laughs> yeah. not know them at all. Like, I mean, we have, I mean, I can't, we've been married now for years. I can't even tell you how many. It's probably 16, I think, maybe 17. But uh, we've gone through so much and we had to do it then. Like, it wasn't about our love or our the way we connected with each other, even, you know, uh, what levels we were on with each other or leagues we were in. But, I mean, we didn't know each other. We just thought we should get married because you're supposed to get married. Not, I mean, that's going to go away, too. Marriage is done. My God, it's the stupidest thing you could ever do in your whole life. Why, why would anybody commit to what, – what other thing do you commit to? Life insurance? Well, it, it, no, is is life insurance super exciting and brings you so much love and joy and you cry when you think about life insurance after being with it for 10 years? No, you don't. There's nothing else. Marriage is out the door. Now, I'm in a marriage. I don't want out. It's awesome, all that stuff. But, I mean, I didn't know <laughs> Jess, and she certainly didn't know me. And, and I, I mean, after all this time, I mean, we're, we're going to stay together and it's going to work out and we figure stuff out and we, like, I think you said this, Mary Beth, just like your willingness to keep going or to be malleable or forgive or whatever, that's probably the most thing. Because, I mean, the truth mm -hmm. is, I mean, you aren't going to be, I mean, Mary Beth, you aren't going to be this Mary Beth five years from now, much less 10 years or 20 years. I mean, I, I'm not Toby of 2003. Mm -hmm. Just last I, year, I I'm unrecognizable. Him. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you're not yeah. that per. I mean, you really aren't that person anymore. That's why I feel so bad for people in prison. They aren't the person anymore. Now, I mean, maybe some of them are. Maybe they're still going to be fucking horrible, terrible people. But, I mean, whatever they did in 2007 and they're still in prison for, they ain't the same person. And we and they're just like, I mean, you aren't, I mean, you're not even what? the same. Man, doesn't even your whole body change? Out. Yeah. Let him out. Yeah. He's done his time. <laughs> Come on. He did everything. He was a whole different it's person. Not That's not him. Person. <laughs> He's different. He's ch I've changed, Judge. People can maybe, change. Maybe not man. him. Maybe not him. <laughs> yeah, maybe not him. But I'm just saying, I mean, people are I'm not the same person. Jess did not marry this guy. She didn't marry him. And luckily, I mean, we changed together. But and we were okay, but don't I mean, you think, though, your dumbiness self, just basic selves were able to understand that you guys were about on the same general, like, value level or something? I don't don't you think? <laughs> I mean, I thought, I think I thought we were. Like, but, you know, I mean, and then maybe she turns out to have more value than than you long term maybe so you know but it seemed i mean you probably tr i mean the truth is if you're in a band at the band's peak and you get married to the hottest girl you can then you probably got away with one maybe so <laughs> you know what i mean chances <laughs> right, yeah. are you probably performed at you know you did get married at the time when you probably had the i don't know i'm not sure <laughs> if you if when you'd be your highest value of your lifetime to acquire a mate it could be later it could be later for I mean, it could be in it your could 40s. be right now if you were on the open market to be honest 
Yeah, if I was not, single right now, it could no be. way. Oh God, not for who, me. Who, who, who would marry me now? More worthy now than I used to be. I don't that's know good. a forty, a, a young forties man who's done things and matured and still has social clout and a career. That's a performer. That you know, I mean, you could probably. That's a pretty good. You know, starting to have more financial sense and uh, accumulated stuff by that point and some wisdom and shown stability over many years. And the fact that you've already been married and have some kids actually makes people, you know, that's all pretty valuable stuff. Mary Beth, why would you be more (laughs) valuable now or or what's the difference now? Because maybe your world was smaller before, Mm -hmm. which meant somebody could work. What what do you think you're more valuable now, though, or as a mate? I mean, I feel as though just the things that I knew and was willing to accept when I was just maybe just two or three years ago, my my world definitely, my worldview was so much smaller, like to a detriment, I think. Like, I think my open-mindedness is probably one of my best attributes and it I feel like my mind continues to be more open as I get older which I think I guess provides more space for growth both in myself and other people and so I would be more willing to grow with a partner and be more accepting of things that come along that might be considered hardships for us as opposed to when I was 21 and I had such a small, limited worldview, and anything outside of that would have just shattered my whole, right. per, you know, my whole life experience. I guess I don't really know what you call it. How long has you been your time of being feeling like you were in a groupthink version of Christianity to now? How long Ooh. is that period of time? Um, I don't feel like I was outside of that group think bubble until I was probably graduating college. So I was probably 21, 22 maybe. And I'm 26 now. Mm -hmm. And so even, even just then I feel like I was just barely coming out of it where it took me like all through college to kind of just get to a place where I was out. Like I was thinking for myself, basically, even if I had been kind of separated from the church for most of college, I didn't fully let go of a lot of things until I was completely out of college. And so you've been the BC club for the last four or five years. Like where were like, how's that work out? Mm-hmm. Like how long have you been in this community? Um, 2015 was uh-huh. when I joined the BC club and that was, I, the only reason I even came across the podcast was because I was kind of in the deconstruction process and I didn't really know what, I didn't know what that was. I just knew that I had some doubts and some questions and I just stumbled upon the podcast in a Google search. And from then on, I mean, I, of course I will say the podcast probably had a big part in that, but for the most part, it was just me living on my own, finally being out of my parents' house, not hanging out with the same people I'd hang, I'd hung out with all through high school and just actually talking to real people of different walks of life and seeing things from a genuine perspective rather than through a certain lens that I had been raised to look through, you know? Yeah. So you're one of those people, which is, I don't know if it's more rare. I kind of wish it did have the ability to get the data on it, but you're one of those people that was able to gradually 
willingly, you, you know, you identify with that having that quality of openness, like one of the big five traits, like high on openness, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you're able to one at a time take some part off and just slowly, gradually, without un- being under any pressure or, uh, it, you know, a lot of times it's like some crazy event in somebody's life where it triggers a things falling apart or something like that. Um, but you seem like to be the most slow deconstructors, which seems more yeah, less volatile it, at least. I would say there was probably something that sort of like tipped over the first domino that kind of started the whole effect, but it wasn't something, it wasn't as major as other people that I know who have gone through deconstruction. So yeah. I was like, I guess you could technically say I was burned by the church, but not really in the same capacity. It was more like, I had grown up with all these people and then suddenly now that I'm in college and I'm not going to church every Sunday, I was like slowly outcasted more and more. And that didn't make any sense to me. Like I was kind of treated like I was a stranger, even though I had literally grown up with these people. And that was like the first domino that fell where I was like, something's not right. This feels weird. Why is this happening? And then the rest just kind of followed suit. Like, it well, wasn't was, catastrophic necessarily, but it was definitely a turning point, I'd say. So, but you seem pretty, uh, you know, calm and able to do it one step at a time in that way. And then when I was talking to you the other day, you said that you now don't feel the need to like be anything or relabel or or mm-hmm. be do a certain reconstruction or whatever, but you just try to figure out how to. Uh, what did you say? To, how, how did you say that to tell people to leave you alone or whatever? That's what phase you're at now. <laughs> like I do, I feel like I'm still just, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I feel like I'm just to the point where I'm not like in a hurry to figure anything out. I'm not in a hurry to find a new label to prescribe to. I'm just, I'm like sort of indifferent right now. I'm just kind of like floating in this in-between area where I have like deconstructed and I'm not necessarily looking to reconstruct at least not to get to the, um, it can, I think it just depends on who I'm talking to. Um, if it's just me, if I'm just by myself, I don't feel, it doesn't feel bad. I feel like I'm just kind of living my life like normal. But if I'm talking to other people who, seemingly have either never deconstructed or her or have reconstructed or you know they they kind of like ask with the anticipation of an answer like okay so where are you now like yeah are you back to where you were are you back to where you're supposed to be kind of thing and and I just don't think there is a place I'm supposed to be I think I'm just I just am and the only time it feels bad is whenever other people kind of project their disapproval onto me really which I'm I think I'm sensitive to in in every aspect of my life anyways but especially this I mean I just I'm not you know people are like well aren't you going to try and go back to church aren't you going to try and find a new church aren't you going to try in this and try in that and I'm just not I just don't want to try anything right now I'm just (laughs) I'm fucking tired man (laughs) Just let me be, you know, like I'm just trying to live my life right now. And if that brings me back to church, if I have some sort of motivation to go back, then okay, great. But right now I'm, I'm pretty content with the conclusions I've come to 
And whenever I'm ready to fill in, if I have some blanks I need to fill in, then I'll fill those in when I'm ready, I guess. Do you think openness go is like, is there like a trajectory of it where it will eventually stop or go too far, become, you know, is there some, what if the trajectory just continues of openness? Does that seem like it, there's a negative there anywhere? I, at least right now in my limited experience, I don't see one because it seems to me as though the more open I get, the happier I am. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like one area I can definitely speak to is just being like sexually open. Um, you know, I've just been on this. It's not even necessarily personal. It's just kind of more like, you know, I was raised in the South and sex ed is virtually non-existent. And then as I talk to more people and then just have dating experiences of my own and all this other stuff, it just it it seems to just enrich my life more to to be more knowledgeable and more open-minded because I meet more people I bond with more people I can there's less shame and guilt associated with things and I think that that applies to religion and other things where the more open I am to other religions or just the concept of religion period the more I guess enriched I feel the more connected to other people I feel I guess I should say like and that's really what makes me feel good is just being connected to other people regardless if we are we are under the same label or not you know does does being open sexually push you away from old friends or family has that caused any issues there because you grew up pretty Christian right Mm mm-hmm yeah well, and it's, it's ironic because I think that before I was even open sexually, I think that had already pushed me away just because I wasn't willing to agree with things like sex should only happen within marriage. Like that was kind of the first thing that people are already like, all right, well, I disagree with you. I'm out. Like that was, and, and I wasn't even having sex at the time. It's just the fact that I believed that was enough. And it has, you know, I think if it has impacted me, it's like so far <laughs> the only thing, the only way it would ha- have impacted me is p- people unfollow me on social media because I don't think like nobody's willing to say to my face, not currently anyways, no one has said to me like, I've noticed a change in you and you are inappropriate or you're this or you're that like no one has come forward and said that to me not to say it will never happen but um and i think i think i'm just lucky that my family doesn't pay enough attention to social media (laughs) 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 to be honest um because we we definitely aren't having those conversations in person um not to say i'm completely unwilling i'm kind of at the point in my life where i just don't care I'm 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 willing to have that conversation, but it it clearly makes other people way more uncomfortable than it makes me. <laughs> like it was, it's something as small as well to me. It's small to other people. It seems astronomical, but I said something about um, someone mentioned OnlyFans, which is kind of the new craze, you know. And someone said, "Yeah, I just there's this one person that I just really want to see what's on their OnlyFans," and I'm like, "Okay, well, are you are you gonna sign up?" And they're like, "I would never." And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, I'll sign up. Like I have an account and they're like, you used your real name. And I'm like, yeah, I did. 
<laughs> Mary Beth McCauley at AOL.com. Look me up, bitch. Like, it just, it just doesn't phase me. And everyone's like, oh my God, you have an account on OnlyFans? And I'm like, well, you're the one who wanted to see these people's pictures. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you're the it's bad just, guy. Yeah. It just doesn't, like, it literally doesn't phase me. And it doesn't, I don't realize it doesn't phase me until other people react that way. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess porn is still technically a taboo topic for a majority of people. Whereas it's just a thing for me at this point. It's like a valid way that people make money. It's just something that most people watch and nobody's willing to talk about. It's like, it just is, man. It is. And like that, it feels it feels good to just be free about that. Like, and not, not to have these secrets. That's like how it feels. Anything sex related, people feel like it's just such a secret and it's like a burden to keep secrets. You know, it, it's really hard to keep secrets. And so whenever things aren't a secret, it's just like, okay, I'm just living my life. Like, you know, like it just, it just feels free. It feels liberating. I guess. Does the other person to... think, um, Toby, you could probably tap into the other person, um, because you have, you know, you can access guilt in that same way. What do they think <laughs> is going to happen if they do it? Like the, the, what, if, what does the normal, because I'm more like Mary Beth in that way, I guess, but no, it's like, I would always thought it was bad and on some logical way to support porn or something. But it feels like other people are scared that something will happen to them. Is there like yeah. in a superstitious way? Well, someone else is going to find out. That they yeah, something more about same, that. It's the same as alcohol. You you'll get addicted to it, yeah. or you you'll, you'll become the the worst of it. But it's not just you know the facts I mean? of it. It's like but, there is a magic to it that can get you somehow, right? Yeah, yeah. it feels I like mean, there's us. Something cr- magical. Christian wise, it's evil, and it, yeah. it'll send you to hell. Mm-hmm. And it, it, right. it's you know, I mean. I mean, I still feel that way some. I, I mean, I, I would say that a lot of porn uh, doesn't seem to be what real sex is like to me. Yeah, it can I, be I bad to support that. it. Like, you like, can make like, plenty of good oh, arguments yeah. of why not yeah. to so, support so, it. So the, um, it feels like the extreme or the inflated way, uh, commercial way of pornography is the most popular, and that's not really true, and that probably does lead people to... Uh, the mm-hmm. wrong view of what sex could be like intimacy, care, mm-hmm. love, uh, b- our bodies, what they look like, all that stuff. You know, I mean, the the, the same ways we're talking about, I think probably Tinder in a way is probably porn, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the yeah. most in, it's a inflated, thing. sexually yeah. hyper thing that isn't actually real. But you swipe whichever way, or well, it's all about things being on demand. I mean, like I said earlier, if you're look, if you just want to see a picture of someone's boobs, you can go on Tinder and find that. Um, Oh really? Uh, Wait, you sent a link? (laughs) Yeah. Can you? Can you get? uh, (laughs) You have to put in a little bit of work. You at least have to initiate a conversation. But I mean, that's like half of the interactions I have. It's like they'll say, "Hey." And then they might say, like, how's your night? And then, boom, they already ask. They don't even, They ask to see your boobs? Oh, yeah, just whatever. I mean, or, or the first thing is they'll <laughs> ask for your Snapchat. That's how you know. They ask for your Snapchat. Is Snapchat... That's like where the messages disappear, yeah. But but is it supposed to be more sexual? Is Snapchat way more Not sexual? Not inherently, than... I don't think. Um, I, I didn't even consider 
it could be used sexually until I was on dating apps. And that's all people ask for, pretty much. Um, not to say that's the only way those kind of things go down and that that's not the only use of Snapchat, but, um, and so it's, a, it's just like the same with porn. It's just like, you know, you, rather than having to go out and make connections with people and build that intimacy with another person, you just yeah. look it up on Google, you know, um, which the problem, I will say this though. The problem is that, like you said, the weight of it and the hiddenness of it, when obviously, Pornography is massively watched. Oh yeah. So, and, and the reason I think it's massively watched is because of the hiddenness mm-hmm. of it. You know that you have to hide it, and you. Um, and so that's the thing with it is that I mean, you you are supposed to hide it. You're not supposed to know, and then you're supposed to jack off super quick or get, you get your mm-hmm. rocks off super quick uh, before anybody finds out. And so then that's the worst way ever to learn sex in that mm-hmm. in that context of. Hidden, quick, don't let anybody know I shouldn't be doing this. And then now yeah. I'm supposed to go have intimate sex mm-hmm. that's pleasurable to both parties. Well, it Even starts we, with you know. like we are completely unable to discuss like in sex ed class. I don't even feel like real sex is ever discussed. It's like maybe the bare minimum of how it physically works is discussed, but everything else is not even mentioned, at least in my experience living in the South. I don't know about anybody else. but And so it it already starts with it feels wrong and it is kind of taught that it's wrong to even voice questions, concerns, anything related to sex. And so not only do you not have a place to ask questions or to learn, honestly, you aren't encouraged to be honest with whoever you're having sex with. And so if you can't accurately ask for what you want, you're not going to get what you want. And then you have to find it somewhere else. It's just, there are so many aspects of like, it's just a matter of getting what you don't feel like you're getting somewhere else to an extent. um, Or at least being easier where like a lot of those things could be solved with simple communication and i'm not even in the in the camp of people that think porn is wrong or bad i think people can view it with the wrong intentions and it can have negative effects but i don't think it is inherently bad um especially if you're watching ethical porn which you usually have to pay for and people are like well why would i pay for it if i can just go on Pornhub and it's just there but you you can't guarantee those people are even being paid to be there or if they're of legal age or if they're consenting. It's like OnlyFans is almost the most ethical mm-hmm. possible scenario, right? Yeah. And in, in that you can make that argument pretty easily. For sure, yeah. And I mean, I think it's still possible that obviously there are ways that people can still be coerced to have OnlyFans, and I think that that's a, a thing that we should consider. But for the like, yeah. Yeah. by and large... It is individuals who are choosing to create an OnlyFans and and create the content they want to create on their own terms. Yeah, and that is like the most ethically uh, ethical way you can consume. I was talking to Lunsford about that earlier today, but like in any industry, you can sell your soul. Basically. Oh yeah. So you could do that in OnlyFans. You can do it in the music business too. Right. You can, exactly. You can do it. You can be a Christian totally. musician, um, and you can totally go superficial and get mm-hmm. in over your head and sacrifice every your whole and not make the music for, you want to make right, or yeah. write anything that means anything yeah. to you absolutely and it's sad when people get in that situation right you know what i yeah. mean yeah absolutely and there's a big 
a big announcement though. We are you're going to migrate the BC Club to OnlyFans starting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, next, that is what we're getting month. to. So, <laughs> yeah, desperate times. Wait. You know, is <laughs> ethical porn? What does that mean? No anal, or is it only oral? <laughs> or what, what is ethical? Only yeah. anal. That sounds ethical. Only sounds anal. hot. Yeah, ethical's hot. I watched this well, ethical porn the other night. Oh my god! No, that actually, hot. let me preach for a second about this website I just discovered. So, there is a a woman owned um, sex toy store called Belasa. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. And they just launched a they call it kind of like the Netflix of porn, but they launched basically a streaming service where you can pay what you want. You can pay anywhere between a dollar and thirty five dollars a month. And each like, I guess, tier, it's sort of like Patreon where you get different perks. Like if you pay the highest tier, you end up getting like a free prize or something like that. But anyways, you pay for this and they this studio that shoots all of their porn, it's all done ethically. Everyone chooses who they want to do scenes with. Everyone is of age. Everyone's like, it's all ethically done from start to finish. And they actually include like interviews with the um, actors where they're like talking about why they want to do this scene or why they want to work with this person or what made them want to work with Belaysa and all this other stuff. And so it's kind of like a whole new side to porn where like you know the people you know that they are choosing to be in these scenarios in these scenes with these specific people and you know that the money that you're paying is going to pay them as opposed to they're not getting ripped off or they're not Mm -hmm. getting manipulated or whatever um which i think is a cool model i think that's where a lot of things are moving to but probably very slowly because like I said earlier, it's like a lot of people are kind of like, why would I pay for porn if I can just very easily get it for free? It might have a similar trajectory to tattoos. If you think about it, like it used to be if people had tattoos, they were bad people. Mm -hmm. My grandma knew that very well, that people that had tattoos were bad. And she was mostly right because in 1950 or whatever, people with a lot of tattoos probably were rougher characters than they are today and they probably there weren't good places to get them and you know just the situations you'd be in to get a tattoo all that stuff and then eventually it's it's done you know i went uh that those places are very high on standards and stuff now just like pot shops Mm -hmm. and stuff so once they're not as bad you know they're confusing two things sometimes yeah because there's like the bad element of it is the moral side, but then the conditions and the culture mm-hmm. around it can also be bad too. And right. then you can separate, you can fix half of that stuff. And then, it, you know, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a different situation. Say a pot shop yeah. or a matter, modern tattoo thing or a concept like, of ethical porn, you at least have to reevaluate it. Yeah. You can still get tattoos in sketchy places, but yeah, by right, and large right. they're regulated and you can get them in very reputable places. So, yeah. <clears throat> oh, ethical. Once again, though, all that's going to change as re- reality changes and, vir- and the virtual world becomes more normal, then you won't even touch each other anyway. It's all going to be some form of digitized person, right? And then, so all of that stuff will, will maybe eventually go away. And then, will it be high value analog? Uh, you know, like. Well, one day it'd be like, like I think probably in the next 20 years, there'll be some VHSs that are probably very valuable, right? 
Like it yeah. was this VHS, and it was amazing. And then now it's shitty, and everybody thinks it's stupid. It's like baseball it, cards are up now, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Back. yeah. Like, like VHS will be something, and there'll be like uh, imagine an old VHS porn from the '90s will be oh, worth yeah. so much money because it'll be two humans, and they film this thing, and it'll look, it'll be a reality that you don't even understand anymore. Right, and it'll be worth a lot of money. But, you know, so like you said, though, but it's going slow now because it's free and all that stuff. But, I mean, everything's going to speed up with the technology 100%. And then it won't even be – it won't. I mean, right now – I mean, what, right now it, we have this scope of what we're attracted to, and it will only expand, right? It's only going to get more and more and more what people are attracted to or what they desire. And you'll, you'll be able to have anything and, I mean – in a game. Yeah, it might not you know be I mean? exploiting humans. I mean, you know, once the, they don't need Uber drivers anymore, they're just self-driving cars, and you know the right. AIs can generate people and stuff, so why would they need... You won't need humans to yeah. exploit in the making of the porn at all. So, in fact, they'll be yeah. out of a job, unfortunately, but the virtual porn that can be made could be, you know, it's just only computer-based. Then the ethics of treating a, hum- uh, a, a computer program or an AI right... Will be the next thing. Well, right. I mean, it has to impact some people's amount of getting off to make it everything perfectly clean and ethical and nothing bad about it at all, right? <laughs> like, yeah. so I mean, yeah. there's a certain amount of people that that's just not going to work for. Well, and like, yeah, I don't, sure. I don't disagree with where things like could potentially move as far as going more in the tech route, but at the same t- at the same time, I think there's also a big movement of people who are kind of like actively fighting against that concept of making everything so tech based mm-hmm. and, and like moving to make it more humanized. And so I kind of think those artisan. things will be at odds. There's ethical at, and eventually artisan porn, just high end human only <laughs> wood <stuff>. fire. porn. <laughs> exactly. Right. There'll be that level of it too. Yeah. I think those things are at odds though. So it'll be interesting to see like, how far the tech side does advance, but at the same time, and and I mean, I'm obviously biased because I'm, I'm only 26, but I do feel like now it's like more, the, the more human aspects of sex are finally getting recognized more and more. Like just simple communication regarding sex is getting more and more acceptable. And it's like getting less taboo in general, maybe not, completely yet but it's it's working towards that point so it's like kind of hard for me to imagine that that's happening but also this tech thing is happening like i think it, at some point they're going to kind of collide a little well, bit well did you hear elon musk tell joe rogan that the neural link eventually would be, probably be just to give you a button push you know mega orgasm of whatever <laughs> oh, <geez>. you <laughs> think that him. might factor in a little bit to- he's a dick <laughs> he's a dick <laughs> I mean, at that point, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean that that will happen though. I mean, you you're going to be able to immediately push. I mean, it won't even be. I mean, push a button. It'll just be. It'll be your own cocktail of well, what other sets of experience you like to infuse right. with that sensation. You know what I'm saying? That's just same as a movie. You'll just make a movie. In it'll your be head. a cocktail yeah. of right. that. Yeah. Like I want a certain amount of dopamine, a bunch of oxytocin, well, I, like a I big it's also... thirty minute orgasm with this type of media overlaid and this ex- VR haptic experience. <laughs> yeah, up my butt. But think about like. <laughs> Things like as simple as like, you know, obviously we have iTunes now. We have 
streaming services, but then there are people that still collect records like myself. It's like, I think there's always going to be a a niche of people who do things the old fashioned way. And that maybe that ends up being sex too. Like there are people that prefer to do it the old fashioned way. Yes, they than call me old fashioned, but I like a real titty. Yeah. I mean, what do you want me to say? With, you know, <laughs> I think that that will be a thing as well. <laughs> maybe I'm a prude, but I just want it in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. That's, that, that's somebody in 20, uh, 500 or something. Like that. Oh my God. All right, let's get off of here. I gotta go uh, apologize to my wife for yelling about giant six uh, sixth graders. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know how that goes. Was she right or I was right? I, I swear I was right. I I don't really understand the fight. I guess she sink or swim, Toby. He, she or went swim. somewhere with his daughter to play basketball, and there were kids dribbling through their fucking legs. <laughs> what he's not to understand. <laughs> well, he started screaming. His wife said, "There's one of them yeah. made three point three three pointers in a row." You should. I mean, he was livid. They, he was, they were tall. <laughs> Some bullshit. Are you? Have you ever seen that? It'll piss you off. Fucking bastards. <laughs> At a fuck basketball it, fuck game. Fuck Champaign, Illinois. Tall on. ass motherfucking sixth grader. How dare there was fucking tall people fuck at that them. fucking basketball that game. Crazy. Jesus Christ. Fucking what tall does people the world come to? Matt and Toby. This is every piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs>